Hi everybody, and welcome to Knowing Your Niche podcast. I'm your host, Emma from Food Blogging Collective, and Knowing Your Niche is the place to get down and dirty in the kitchen and talk all things food blogging with working food bloggers from around the world. It's a hub of creative inspiration to help you, the new and growing food blogger, supercharge your own business and diversify, monetize, and take the next step. If you want to follow all the podcast episodes, you can find it on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for Knowing Your Niche. And of course, all the interviews will be put up on foodblogging.info for your listening pleasure. So, without further ado, let's jump right in with today's guest. Hello, food bloggers, and welcome to Knowing Your Niche podcast. Today, I'm talking to Anna and Mandy from SimplyNutritiousDelicious.com. These ladies are all about wholesome family food that still looks amazing, but is perfect for picky eaters and carnivores alike. Knowing Your Niche is a series of interviews designed to help you, the new and growing food blogger, steal the secrets of those currently in the business and in the know. And today, Anna and Mandy are going to share theirs. Ladies, hello. Nice to have you with us. Hi. Hello there. Hello. Um, we are chatting, uh, chatting away on a very nice, bright, sunny... No, we're not. It's raining now. <laughs> I was going to say bright, sunny, sunny UK here. morning. Um, it is not. But anyway, we shall press ahead with our light, bright food today. Um, I'm going to start right at the beginning. Ladies, how did you start blogging and how did you choose your niche? Hi. Well, Mandy and I have been friends for about eight years. We met through our um, our boys' school, and we quickly discovered we had this shared love of food. We're both food obsessed. We dream about food. We talk about food. So initially, we would just talk about recipes, and then we started sort of sending photographs and saying, oh, I tried this with my little one. Have you tried this? Or he won't eat that. Would you, uh, do you have any ideas as to, uh, as to other dishes that that we could create. And then other people, it kind of became contagious. Other people started asking for our advice and inspiration on dishes. So we'd bump into other mums in the supermarket and they'd say, oh, what have you got in your trolley or what can I do for dinner tonight? So that's how it started. And we would share recipes and photographs with people who weren't necessarily foodies, but who wanted to, who, who, who thought that, or, or put, a, put a value on home-cooked nutritional food for their children. They basically wanted to, simp- the, the process simplified. They found maybe creating family meals a little bit overwhelming. They needed a little bit of instruction. So what we're all about is home-cooked nutritional food that doesn't require hours in the kitchen and 100 pots and pans. Absolutely. I tell you what, it's great to talk to other mums that just want to put good food on the table, even when the children are running around and going crazy in the night, which they do, of course, at dinner time. Absolutely. <laughs> so you would describe yourselves as self-taught home cooks? Yeah, we are home-taught, um, self-taught home cooks. Um, we both um, have loved food for years. Actually, my mum, Mandy, um, my mum was a really good cook, so I did learn from her. But I think Anna really taught herself later on. She didn't really have um, a mum that was really into staying at home and cooking. And so it was a little bit later for you. But then, you know, even at college and at university, we were into food. Um, but we, we've really adapted um, all our knowledge from eating out and trying to create really exciting meals for our children um, that are packed with nutrients and um, achievable meals. Yes. And, and, and being 
brutally honest, what we one of one of the challenges that every family faces is, you know, we we're not going to sit here and claim that our children eat everything put in front of them. I have Anna, I have a vegetarian daughter. She she became vegetarian at a tricky point in my life. Um, and so I've had to accommodate her within a, a house of carnivores. Um, and, you know, I, have a, I also have a little one who eats like a bird, and then I have a son who eats everything put in front of him in huge quantities. Yeah. <laughs> I think boys do. <laughs> but actually, Mia got really involved with the whole vegetarian yes. cooking, and now she's brilliant with cooking. Mia's 14, um, and uh, you said to her, come on, you help me out. Yes. You want to be a vegetarian. You tell me what you're going to eat. So she looked on Pinterest and started yes, saying, I'd like to cook this, and now she can really, she can do that I think you masala and, you know, so I think Mia can actually probably create a dozen dishes from scratch without a recipe book. Oh, wonderful. Uh, which is great. So, yes, it was very much Mandy's right. At the time, I was saying, okay, I will support you if you want to be vegetarian. But initially, all she wanted to do was replace meat with cheese. <laughs> um, <laughs> and beige food. And beige food, yeah. yes. And there's an education that, okay, if you're going to cut out meat, then you need to get your protein from other sources and you have to start eating a much more varied diet. Um, and they're very good. They they know they have to have something green with every single meal. Mm. Um, and even my um, 11-year-old Thomas, he now is um, is showing more interest in the kitchen. We all say that if you get them involved in the cooking, they're more likely to eat it. Oh, wonderful! So um, if you look at the website, simplynutritiousdelicious.com, um, you can see lots of family favourites. I had a quick uh, look through this morning. Um, I spotted easy tacos, curries, roast dinners. Um, and I also spotted a few for the elegant evenings, um, a few uh, rather more special dishes for, you know, just in case you try and have a grown-up dinner party alongside. <laughs> um, scallop and black pudding salad, whole roasted sea bream, and duck a l'orange in just uh, 10 minutes prep time, which I thought absolutely we'll be doing that one this week. Brilliant. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I think, oh yeah, there's, there's the acknowledgement that as much as we're, we're mums and we are trying to feed our children, every now and then it's nice to pack the children off to bed and, uh, and actually have an evening with friends where you may not want to eat something that um, you're, you've, you've produced specifically for, as a family pleaser. So yes, there, on, on our blog we do feature some, some slightly more sophisticated, refined dishes every now and then. But they're still quick, start yeah. to finish, yeah. and um, they don't use a million utensils, yes. pots, pans, um, and we've, that we've really kept that in mind when we've been creating yeah. them. We did write a blog actually on how to simplify the dinner party, and it was a bit tongue-in-cheek, you know, gone are the days when you can spend all day in the kitchen, because now people are out, you know, ferrying their children around, you know, to various clubs and activities, and so actually you want to be able to knock something up, you still want to be able to have people around for dinner, but you want to be able to prepare a meal and not have masses of washing up, because you want to sit and be a relaxed host. Yeah, and you do not want to be hungover in the morning, coming down to a million different pans, glasses, wines, yes. <laughs> all sorts to clear up. So we've taken all that into consideration. I, I like that article. I thought it was I thought it was genius to just say to your friends, come over for a chilli, that's all you're getting, but there'll be really good wine. all <laughs> <laughs> in the pitch. Is it the kind of pitch, yes. And we said, actually, so then you can exceed expectations and do, you know, you can you can make your chilli a little more exciting than you would midweek by putting a really pretty salsa with it and maybe doing something themed like we did the ceviche as a start. Yeah, with the margarita. So a Mexican night suddenly, you know, can transport your friends from their life of child rearing into a little bit of um, sophistication and glamour. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. What time shall I be over? <laughs> <laughs> so 
Okay, so how do you plan then your editorial content with this niche in mind? Are you planning ahead? Do you meet regularly together? Do you tie it when the national theme, uh, national food days or anything? We do try, but our most important thing really is to have a balance of, um, we have, as Anna said before, we have a spicy curry Friday. Um, we have a couple of fish dishes. We try and a vegetarian meat-free Monday. Um, we try and have a salad during the week, uh, something maybe a little bit more sophisticated at the weekend, but um, we and a budget meal. I'm not forgetting those because that's really important um, for every family. Um, and then those students or the um, parents that have um, students making meals at university. But we try and make it really balanced to incorporate all the seasonal produce. Um, we, we look at colour um, because we want, don't want herbs. So we have two red dishes. It doesn't always look good on our feed. So we try and alternate colours, styles, where we photograph, um, photograph them. And um, different cuisines. So we'll have an, if we, we try not to have three Asian meals in one week, we try and have a Moroccan, um, a Spanish, a French, um, and so on. You think cooking has moved on so much, and there's so we, we, we in terms of the produce that you can even buy from your regular supermarket. I mean, I don't remember eating Moroccan food when I was a child. Whereas, you know, no. our kids love a tagine and they love curry. Curry doesn't have to be, you know, blow your socks off spicy curry. Um, we actually made. A couple of weeks ago, a curry for people who don't love curry. That one's gone down it's so well. It's gone down so well. The amount of parents who've messaged us and say, "My kids love this." It's a very, it's it's a more of a fragrant Indian vibe to chicken one pot. That's a um, great. A good introduction to to eating curries. So. Um, what, you, you actually plan quite well in advance then, don't you? You sort of, I, I've, yeah. I've got visions of you with all these dishes laid out in little post-its on the kitchen table and moving them around to see what's going to fit and what's oh, going to work. Oh, we have something different to that. We have an app um, that we use called Later, and so you can visually see it as if it's an Instagram feed. Um, it works for different social medias as well, but we, we do that because it's really helpful to see the photographs. So we know what we're doing probably for the next two weeks. And we do try and use the seasonal produce and the odd occasion pancake days and um, different holidays. I mean, at Christmas, we were doing Christmas dinners way before Christmas, weren't we? And we did it in the land. We had, you know, the, the lovely Easter. roast lamb before Easter. And it's funny, last week, we had the whole week scheduled with things like, I think we had a bolognese. In yeah, it. and a hearty, another roast. And we thought, like, no, it's a heat wave. We can't do those now. We're going to have to reschedule. So we do. You know, we may have our plan, but we are there to change it at the last minute. So Bolognese has been bumped and it was replaced with a nice barbecue dish, wasn't it? Yeah, and a or something like that. Which yes. is great for busy families, of course, because we all probably got the mince out of the freezer and then realised that actually it is 25 degrees and we don't want to yeah. eat it anymore. <laughs> and we've had months of stews and one pots, and actually when the sun shines, we want to be eating outside and eating summery dishes. You do, absolutely. We had a barbecue on Sunday, in fact. Um, uh, so, uh, while we're talking about outside, um, then how does your food photography style, um, uh, how is that affected by your niche and your um, your dishes and your presentation? You're doing a lot of shooting outside, I noticed, on the website. We do, because it just, food just photographs so much better with natural daylight. daylight. We really struggled in winter. Um, we bought different lights and, you know, nighttime photography is really, really hard. We don't have professional equipment. We do, we take all the photographs with our phone. Um, so, as soon as there's a sun day and uh, we try and do a lot of the cooking in winter certainly 
in the um, sorry during the daytime. So Anna and I today, it's not a problem actually at the moment, but we will be cooking a curry later on, a fish curry, um, and we will photograph it outside because it just looks so much better. We don't have to edit or tweak it. Um, it just it just looks more appealing. So when we started this, I mean we only started in September, so we've only be, we've only had this blog for six or seven months. But when we started this, it was it was sunny. You had light evenings, and then suddenly we got to November, and it's like, how do you photograph a brown stew at eight o'clock at night mm-hmm. under artificial light and make it look pretty? Yeah. It's nearly impossible. That is the, the bloggers' headache, I think, isn't it? How do we make this work in darkness? Or we've come up with some good tips. So we one thing we did when we were doing that is we'd actually make a big batch. And then you could serve it for dinner, and then the following day photograph it in the light. So That's we a have, good tip. That's we've a good tip. Found ways around it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and actually, I think that um, appeals more to um, our families because they did joke about it in the beginning. Our husbands would say, "What are you having for dinner today?" Um, and um, they, uh, you know, they think, "Oh, it's nearly ready." And then they say, "No, five more photographs." We yep. move it. By the time they were eating it, it was often cold. Yeah, I remember doing that one where everybody has to sit there hungry with their tongues hanging out while you just take that yeah. perfect shot. Absolutely. And it's funny in the, in the beginning, and then, you know, after a few months of this, you know, it wears thin. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to get a shot of the, of the, of the dinner table. I had sort of 22 for lunch. And so I laid it all out, and of course, you want everyone to have hot food. Um, and then my mum just went to tuck into the turkey, and I was saying, no, not yet. <laughs> But I think, um, going back to the photographs as well, and Anna saying the brown stew, I think what's brilliant is what always makes it look better um, is putting a bit of fresh um, spinach through it and herbs or chilli, vibrant red chilli. But also, by doing that, you are adding such brilliant nutritional content to it that actually it's become a little bit of a, not a trademark, but um, it's just something you do, a little touch of green to anything. It looks visually better. It looks more appealing. It tastes better. Um, and it's better for us, so it's win-win. It is a win-win. Um, a lime or a lemon on the side, yeah. if that's something. If it works, it obviously If it works, work. yes. If it's something that's in the dish in the first place, yeah, absolutely. Um, so while you're talking about um, something that's a bit of a trademark for you, you have been nicknamed the Queens of One Pot. Yes, yeah, so a couple of people that, and there's a lovely follower, I think he's a baker by trade, but he obviously looks a lot of, um, I mean, he does these wonderful creations and cakes, which is, you know, we love, but it's not our thing. Um, and he, he obviously, and he recreates them and takes us in it, and he calls us the queen of the one pot. And the, and the queen of the chicken dish as well. Yeah, <laughs> which is really, really sweet. And what we have found is people, are, it's particularly on Facebook, they're really, I mean, budget is everything. So if you can make, um, mince interesting or chicken interesting or sausages um, it's it's a staple and they go down so well um, so I think people can always buy a lovely fillet steak and it tastes good without doing much to it but chicken you know probably people want to have it probably three times a week and they want it to taste different each time so we've realised we have to be quite creative with minced chicken and, and I think sausages. our target is that they're busy, they're busy people who, you know, the whole reason we started this is we, 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 we're helping hopefully people who don't, who can't spend hours in the kitchen and that follows through to washing up as well, I mean nobody likes washing up um, you don't want to create a meal and then have to spend half an hour washing six pots and pans so that is why i think the one pot is so successful i know and we've that we've um we didn't set out with that that's kind of snowballed and evolved um 
organically, hasn't yes. it, really? Um, and now we really make sure we try and, well, we probably have three one pots a week, I'd yes. say. Yes. Often. Yeah. And are you posting a new recipe every day? We post every day, yes. Uh, sometimes more than that, so perhaps if there's a cocktail at the weekend or um, a cake we will, um, or a picture of us, then we'll post them yeah. more than once. But we try to do one a day. And then we do lots of stories on Instagram particularly as well. They go down really well. They do, and the timing of that I think is quite important. So we're trying to do one in the morning, and I believe that there is a 6 o'clock audience as well, that's after work. Um, and I think if you post another story later on, that really helps get people interested mm. in your um, feed. If you were to look at today's story, we did um, a, um, a chicken with Romesco sauce. And so the story, so that the, the post is the chicken dish, and the story is the raw ingredients of the Romesco sauce and then the finished product of the Romesco sauce. So people can kind of see the stages of cooking. Some people really like a visual because a, a, a long list of ingredients, not that ours are ever that long, apart from perhaps the curries and things like that, which you need quite a lot of few ingredients. Um, if they can see visually see the ingredients there, then they, some people want to follow um, a recipe to the tea and some people just want to see it for a bit of inspiration so you know two different people you've got to appeal yeah. to so some people are visual and some people aren't well while we're on that then let's talk about some um, social media because instagram um has been huge for you guys hasn't it um so yes i was gonna say did you set out to um to use that platform or have you been surprised at the success of it we did start on Instagram. That was um, back in September. We we, we created our, our simply nutritious delicious um, address. Um, we we were back and forth on whether that was going to be the right name for us. But actually, I think it really sums up what we're all about, and it works on Instagram. Those three words: simple, nutritious, and delicious are what we are hopefully all about. And we were absolutely astounded. I mean, we were, it was the summer holidays for the children at school, and we had just started posting recipes. Um, and gained the following that we've got very quickly. Um, I mean, we, we seem to be gaining 150 a week. At the moment, it's 150, 150 to 200 a week. But these people time. seem to now be real engaged followers. They're people who comment. We, we, what we found in the beginning is that you gained you gained quite a few, and then you lose quite a few. We don't seem to be losing many now. We just we are just steadily gaining. But we also decided we wanted to roll it out onto Facebook as well. And what we've discovered is on Facebook, um, that audience is a very loyal. It's, it's much smaller than Instagram, but it's a very loyal following. There's people a lot a lot of posts of people saying brilliant i'm going to do this for dinner tonight or actually as a lady the other week doing the curry for non-curry lovers who you know she she obviously really needed very specific instructions you know exactly how much ginger should i use it sounds ever such a lot and we we try and both um check the both both feeds all the time so that we can be there answering questions live for people so there isn't that panic as they're throwing something together and they don't know what to do um and yes and now we're on pinterest as well and twitter so uh, we're covering and we, we've, we've started a youtube we've got our youtube channel we are yet to do our first youtube post we have uh, yeah it's not properly live yet we're working on that that's going to take some time though so how many hours a week would you say you ladies put into this Oh. Including the cooking? Yeah. <laughs> I would say we are probably doing four to five hours a day. Each of course. Each of course. So that's the equivalent of eight to ten hours of somebody doing it on their own. Yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, mean, we, I mean, during the Easter holidays, we 
had a bit of a rest, kind of, not with the cooking, we've still kept the cooking, but um, mm. the chasing up the administration side of things, we've kind of been quiet on that and we'll go for it again now. now one, of, about one of the best things that there being two of us when we when we spoke, because obviously being friends, we needed to think quite carefully about whether we wanted to go into business together, work together. But it's it's a great sharing of the load. So if Mandy's on holiday, then I take over the posting or, you know, if if I'm away or doing doing something, then Mandy does that and we Mandy will say, Well, I've spent, you know, time today following up these leads. It's a real you know, we, we, we sit down and discuss what our plan of action is going to be for the day and who's going to do what which is great because i mean you're you're approaching it like a real business aren't you which yes. I, I guess as a partnership you actually have to do more anyway because like you said you have to communicate where you yes. are at at all times you know you can't yes. you can't read each other's minds um but that's got to be a huge part of why you've grown so quickly is that you've been able to invest this time and sit down and say this is what we want to do with it and i'm going to do this and you're going to do this and what's next Ooh, absolutely. And it's really useful to have somebody to run it by because, yes, you could run it by to your husband or your other friend, but we have become brutally honest with each other, but not in a horrible yes. way. And fortunately, we do agree on most things, maybe a few things that we've toyed with, but never disagreed. Well, the name was the big thing, wasn't it? We yeah. both yeah. couldn't decide whether it was the right name for us. And I'm so glad now that we stuck with it. I mean, it, it is it is a long name, but um, as you may well know, Instagram, so many names are taken, um, you don't have many options um, left. But we really thought every social media um, um, platform had to be the same. We, we know somebody else that's got different names, and it's just totally confusing. So um, Yeah. Even yeah. when people use their professional name on the one and then they use their, their, their own name, their, their personal name, on another and you're trying to guess, even if they do it on Pinterest profiles and things, you're trying to guess, is that the same person? And then maybe they've yeah. got a different profile picture and you can't quite work out if you're following the right person at all. Absolutely. And I think we've been successful um, with, with any type of blog, but particularly with a food blog, you have to have a recognisable style and a consistent name, and you know that's what we that's what we try and do. I think people probably now recognise um, people who are following us know that's one of our dishes. I think they do. That's great. That's what you're aiming for. Yeah, that's a brilliant tip. Um, because bear in mind that you know these these interviews are meant to help new um, food bloggers sort of establish themselves in the field by uh, sort of as I said stealing secrets of those that are doing it. And if you guys are making this, it's a brand. If you've branded yourselves and you're making a recognisable name for yourselves, and people can tell it's your dish from what you're doing, that is a great first piece of advice for any new food blogger. I would say. Anna said to me the other day uh, we were talking about roast. We sent you know we send each other a million texts a day. It's, um, we quite enjoy it. It's quite exciting exciting to see what the other one's created um, this weekend or, or this Friday. Mm. She sent me a roast and she said, um, oh, she said, I don't know, I don't understand. She said, all my roasts are the same. And I said, that's brilliant. People like that. People like the fact that, that you know, they all look like, oh, they're on a platter. They mm -hmm. all look like that. There's a theme. It's like the one pots. Yeah. Putting it in the same pot. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a good yeah. thing. So the roast dinner, we kind of put a big platter in the middle and the meat's there and the roast potatoes are stacked up and there's obviously a side bowl for your vegetables. But a lot of our roasts, whether it be a rack of pork or a leg of lamb or a fillet beef, you know, they all, or roast chicken, you know, that's all kind of, I tend to arrange them all in pretty much the same way. Well, yeah. I tell you what, it works for Jamie Oliver. You know, he started out, didn't he? He was the first to say, you know what, chuck it all in the middle of the table, let people help themselves. It brings yes. the family together. Everybody gets to eat what they want. It's easier yeah. on the cook and the wash up afterwards. Absolutely. It's transformed my roast dinners, actually, doing it on my big, with, I tell you what, that's, forget um, advice for bloggers, but for families, it really has, putting it on 
like a big board, I can just go from my kitchen to my dining room, plonk the board, the boys can do the plates, and then everyone helps themselves, and then you've just literally got to wash a board rather than all these individual serving plates. Yeah, Yeah, it's a great great. idea. Yeah, absolutely. Things like the heaters and the tackers. The kids love helping themselves and building and constructing things like that. The shredded pork with the Asian pancakes, that's another one. That looks good on your... Yeah, I saw that one. Um, And it is, it's it's, it's this, it's this recognisable style that seems to be working for you, like you said, and it is appealing because it is visually appealing and it is appealing because it works for families, which is your target audience, which is fantastic. Um, and if you look at all the really big um, American power bloggers, they've got this distinctive style and you can look at a recipe yes. like yours and you know it's them. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we follow, we recognise quite a lot of their dishes as well. Well, the one that you guys remind me of is um, Ali from Gimme Some Oven. Um, and hers are all bright, aren't they? Outdoors and bright, yeah. and with look, usually with a white background, and you look at it and you know it's hers, even without clicking on the name underneath it. Yes, and it, I think we've learned that actually. That I, I, in the beginning, I think we thought, well, oh, we need to buy some more, some more crockery, some more serving platters, or we need to find new spots to photograph. But actually, what we're doing seems to be working. Yeah. And you're simplifying your, you're simplifying the whole process, aren't you? Yes. Yes. So um, you're listening to Anna and Mandy from SimplyNutritiousDelicious.com, and today they're talking to Food Blogging Collective about their passion for fresh, additive-free meals that their families will actually eat. And now we're going to move on to the uh, more business side of things, and we're going to talk about um, diversification. So, what is the future for Simply Nutritious Delicious in terms of diversifying and expanding your empire? So that's that's the question that we've been asked quite a lot, mostly by our husbands as well. We're spending so much time in this. You know, where is this going? So when we started, we it really was, uh, let's see how this goes. And we were really delighted, but quite surprised at how quickly we gained our, uh, our following. So the plan now is that well, we have we have some we have some dreams. So you know, we'd love to have. Um, a, a cookbook. We'd love to have a book, but it may be that it's an, an e-book. Um, we would also like to eventually have maybe a product in the supermarkets. But in the short term, we are starting to get a lot of interest from some some brands, some quite diverse brands. You know, we 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 looked we we're looking at using the ingredients. So we have a spice company that is, has asked us to create some recipes for them. So. Most people, I think, with spices, or people are put off with spices, thinking about hot curries. Um, and which, what they've realised, what they've seen in us, is that we actually use a variety of spices and herbs in just creating um, fragrant and uh, and you know delicious dishes, rather than hot, hot spicy foods. It's not all Indian. It can be um, all sorts Moroccan, of Moroccan. It can be South American. Yes. So, um, and then there's things like we, there's a, there's a, an apple cider vinegar company that have been massively supportive from, from day one. Um, there's so many health benefits of apple cider vinegar. We use it in all our dressings. They tapped into us very quickly and now they, we are, we are the official recipe creator for them. We have a dairy company that we, um, that, that, that produce various different yogurts and we are on their, on their website as their recipe developer as well. So in, in the short term, we're going to continue with our recipe developing for brands. And in the long term, you know, the sky's our limit, I hope. Yeah, I think at the, at the moment, the, the main focus is to get a bigger audience and following so that we are more interesting for these brands. 
so that we can monetize it in a better way. So um, <clears throat> thinking about this new food blogger that's listening to this podcast now, um, did you reach out to the brands or did they reach out to you? Some contacted us, but we had to do a lot of chasing. Yeah, we um, still are. We still are. Um, and a lot of these, you just got to persevere um, and email and then email again, um, yeah. politely. <laughs> yes. Oh. Um, they have a lot of people that um, seem to book part-time or go off on yoga retreats. Yeah. <laughs> and they have lo lovely girls, but they're not always there the whole time. So, yes, we, we email yeah, you, you develop time. a relationship with somebody and then they, they go, oh, right, we're going on sabbatical yeah. for four months. Um, we've had one lady who's a, um, a food marketer who's been really, she's nurtured us and yes. given us great advice. Um, we've called her up when it's really had nothing to do with her. She, she approached us. She did approach us. Um, I think we sent her one email, but then she's just been, and we are meeting with her soon. Um, and she she's... Um, involved in this yogurt company that we're working with at the moment, but um, yeah, no. But we basically had to start all these relationships yeah. up. And we also we approached um, a local magazine called the Wheels and Times. Yeah. Um, they go so they, they've got quite a broad reach. It's in a Kent. lovely magazine. Really lovely lifestyle magazine. Kent Sussex and so. And um, so we we emailed them and said, would you be interested in us creating a menu for for your food section? And she came straight back and said, yes. How about Valentine? How about February? You can do a Valentine's menu. So we were thrilled. <laughs> And so we had a lovely food photographer come round and we spent the day preparing the food, he photographed it and, and they wrote something really lovely about us as well, which was great. Um, we, we, we started off before these national companies, we um, approached some of the local people. So there's a lovely local um, fishmonger who we've just been visiting this morning. And so, you know, we'll, we'll name check them and they will provide us with fish. Um, and his plan is that he will put all our recipes on his website and he hasn't quite got there So yet. we start when we were smaller, and we are still small and growing, but so we started with local companies first um, and then rather than the bigger and, and, and companies that really work with our brand. We have been yeah. approached by quite a lot of supplement companies. And which is not us at all. That goes completely against what we're all about. What we're trying to do, I mean, we understand obviously for certain, health, for, for certain health conditions, you do need to take supplements. We're not dismissing that, but that is not what, uh, what that is not what we're about. We're about feeding our families nutritious food and getting, and getting the goodness from the fresh, fresh and seasonal ingredients rather than the supplements. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. On a plate, you know, rather than in a tablet form. Yeah. So those companies, we, you know, it's, it's, it may be tempting in the early days when you're trying to make a success just to say yes to anybody who wants to collaborate. But we've been really quite fussy. Yeah, we, we, we want to stay true to our, our thoughts and, and, and who we are and um, not, I'm going to say, jump into bed with <laughs> the wrong brands. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is a series of articles on Food Blogging Collective uh, foodblogging.info if you're going to have a look um, all about how to get sponsored posts and how to start working with brands um, and one of the biggest um, pieces of advice from that is don't be afraid to reach out yourself and say this is what I'm doing can we make it work for you but yes. but also don't be afraid to say actually no that's not me that's not my fit like you said it can be tempting in the early days to just yes. take anything that's offered to you yes. um, good advice Yes. And not only does it not suit your audience, but it, it, you know, if it's not something you're passionate about and something that you believe in, in the same way as uh, affiliate marketing works, then it's going to come across in your voice and in your tone and in your recipe and your writing. It's not going to be authentic and it's not going to be you. So good on you for saying no to the ones that aren't yeah. a fit. And absolutely, yeah, that, that's totally true. Um, 
There's there's a guy there's a guy actually so that, well, in terms of um, that's in terms of products but there's a, there's a guy on Instagram who's got a lovely story called Tom's Nutrition and he he's you know, huge he's really made he he was he was a very overweight very unhappy teenager and then he had he had cancer and he's got this amazing he's bullied, story and he has a daughter I don't know if he's with his wife yeah. or not, but it's a very I mean he's got a huge following I mean hundreds of thousands yeah. but he's been lovely to us as well he's there are some really wonderful supportive. people out there. But um, I think the the, big, the key advice going back to you saying, you don't be afraid to say, this is who we are. Can mm. we work together in the brands that you believe in? But don't ever wait for them to come looking mm. to you because that may happen. But, you, you know, there's so many people out there. He came to us and actually he gave us a shout out, didn't he? He, he did. Said, it was but lovely. these are the top, I'm going to give you the top five food bloggers to follow this week. And number one was us, which was oh, really wow. And he, he does personal training and motivational speaking and um, and he I think what he does when he does his personal training sessions, he actually takes along nutritious meals with them with, yes. with him. So he's all about healthy eating. So that's the sort of guy that is very different to us but works with our brand. That's wonderful. And that's somebody else for you guys to follow if you're following the podcast. Um, and the other thing is, of course, what we can draw from this for our, um, our listeners is that you don't have to wait until you have hundreds of thousands of followers to reach out to brands and start talking to them about working together. Uh, no, you don't. We mentioned earlier that we've been uh, very lucky to um, be able to tap into friends um, who have worked in media, marketing, branding, PR. Um, and one, one of our friends who works in PR said to us, you know, that actually what she calls microbloggers are now really appealing to, to companies. They are. That's true. That's and true. Like that. Microbloggers, um, <clears throat> because they have a more engaged following. Exactly. Absolutely. Yes. And, and micro-influencers as well, because they have people who are, who are really genuinely there because of they're interested in what you want to do. I mean, um, somebody told me the other day that if you search micro-influencer under food blogging on Google, I actually come up which I was quite pleased about as well, for the same reason, yes. <clears throat> anyway, so we're moving on. Um, we're going to talk about uh, resources. What resource can you recommend that has really helped you out with, uh, with growing your blog? What is it? Um, I think for our friends, our friends um, and connections that we have, um, we listen to our audience. Um, we've asked our friends to be really brutal. Was the recipe clear? Was this something you would try again? Did it go down well with your families? We've invited friends around for lunch. We've asked for their honest feedback. We've really listened. Um, we really look at the posts that do well, not just with, with the likes, with the comments, with the interaction. Um, I mean, some of them, the other day, I can't remember what it was, it was a chicken dish. I mean, there was something like, I think by the end of the day, 50 comments on this one dish that we, we were umming and erring whether we would uh, oh, Yeah, dish. it just went down really, really well. But it wasn't just the likes. It was so many people from our school made it. So we're really listening to the people that are our target audience, that are our friends or our acquaintances to see whether it worked and whether they would do it again. So um, we're listening to the people close by us mainly. What else would you say? And, and I'd say on the that some of the followers on um, Instagram, you know, you get it, you get a feel for which recipes are successful. And some people may also say, oh, I, I, I do a version of this, but I add this in. Or if you haven't got this, put this. Mm -hmm. And some of them are slightly obscure. Um, some of the suggestions, but um, yes, and we say so we've been very lucky that we've, we we're kind of surrounded um, by 
people who've worked in all different fields. And we're also surrounded by very busy parents. You know, it's uh, mo most of our network are people who have children and either work full-time or, you know, working part-time. And nutrition, they may not be foodies, but nutrition is important to them. I mean, we, Mandy and I can talk about food forever. Yeah, but, um, we do. <laughs> lot, but a lot of people don't want to talk no. about food. They just want to cook their family a meal um, as quickly and effortlessly as possible. And be told how to do it, really. But the, uh, another um, resource that was quite interesting is actually on the Instagram, um, the insights. Now, sometimes you look at your Instagram feed and you think, oh, that has so many likes. But actually, you can, there's a brilliant, um, I mean, the insights are really interesting. You can go and have a look at all your posts and it puts the top ones. And I really actually think that's quite interesting. Yes. It really, I mean, it's, it's the people that have actually, they may not have liked it, but they've clicked on it, they've read it through, and you can see the ones that work. And it's really quite clear the ones that work. It is the cheaper cuts of meat. Yes. It's the sausages, it's the pastas, it's the achievable dishes that people just want to jazz up in the midweek meals, I'd say. Yes. And it's interesting as well. We were a little bit kind of, uh, I suppose, self conscious, nervous about pushing photographs of ourselves on our feed. It took us a while to almost, a friend said, oh, there's been a big unveiling. It wasn't a big unveiling. We just sort of thought, a couple of people said, we need to see you. There needs to be some personality behind Simply Nutritious Delicious rather than just plates of food. Um, one of the top posts is just a photograph of Mandy and I, which we just sort of in said, the kitchen. in the kitchen, here we are. I think people are intrigued, they like a lifestyle, they want to know that you're a normal, real person and, and they're real people, real mummies with families, with busy lives, so they can do it, we can do it. They do, they want, they want the human element, don't they? They want to know, they do. That, they yeah, do. absolutely, that you're relatable and that you look the kind of person that they would have a margarita and a chilli with on a Friday night. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Absolutely. So what is your greatest success then to date and what's been the greatest failure? Oh, that's, that's an interesting one. I think, I think in terms of failure, I don't think we've had a big failure, but certainly in the early days, we, we learned quite quickly that we needed to stay true to our brand. So maybe we went a little off-piste on some maybe overly fussy dishes. Or I think things. I did a sushi thing one day, which my kids love. You know, not all of them do. Uh, but, you know, who really is going to make roll some sushi in their kitchen? Not many people, and it's yeah. not really our target audience. It looked beautiful. It's very pretty yeah. dumb. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, it's just knowing your audience. Yes. And it took us a while, but actually quite organically, to find out what our audience was yes. and what they liked. And I think our biggest success is that, that people are now starting to say, um, well, we've had a couple of people saying, we have ditched our cookbooks. We no longer we no longer need our cookbooks. We just look for your post every morning, which is such a compliment. There's a lady who runs a food blog in our, in our local area, and she was one of these people last week who said, another great dish. I'm not, looking, I'm not opening my cookbooks anymore. I'm just going to look out for the Simply Nutritious Delicious um, post and, and that's what I'm that's what I'm going to be cooking. We've also we've also had some um, some some um, great support from some from Marcus Waring and the head chef of Gordon Ramsay's Maze Restaurant. So there are actually some real foodies, some chefs out there who are being really complimentary about our home cooked food, which means the world, doesn't it? Yeah, we're not professional chefs. And when the professional yeah. chefs are giving it their nod, you know you're actually hitting the right yeah. target, don't you? Absolutely, that's wonderful. Absolutely. So, final question for you guys is what one piece of advice would you give a new blogger starting out in your niche of healthy, wholesome, home-cooked food? So stay true to your brand, work out who your target audience is, research your target audience, and 
make sure that you are always staying true to that. So make sure that so for us, home-cooked food, nutritious food, variety of ingredients, seasonal ingredients, and stick with your original plan. And uh, yes, I think stay true to yourself. Stay true to yourself. Wonderful. Thank you so much, ladies. Today I've been talking to Anna and Mandy from simplynutritiousdelicious.com. And if you're not following them already, hop on over to Instagram and Facebook now and give them a shout out that you've been listening to the Knowing Your Niche podcast. That's all for today. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. Hey, you. Don't go just yet. There's still time to make sure you subscribe to Knowing Your Niche podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes. And if you're a working food blogger and you'd like to be featured on the podcast, then send me a great big hi there, howdy and hooray to hello at foodblogging.info. Thanks for listening.